Welcome to the porch here on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, the red letter basics. Following the example of the Book of Acts Church and the Word of the Lord, the unfiltered, unwatered down Word of God, we find the church that the Lord intended, not the one that man created. We believe the church age is still in effect, that the day of Pentecost is ongoing, that the fire of the upper room still burns. If that's what you're looking for and that's what you seek, you are in the right place. If you want your ears tickled, if you want to hear a watered-down, compromised word, this is not the place for you. If you have any questions about who we are or what we do, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Use the contact button, or you could write us directly at the porch, one word, lowercase, the porch, at firefalltalkradio.com. If you want to support what we do, there are ways to do that. Go to the main page at Firefall Talk Radio, and you can see how to do that. Just do whatever the Lord tells you to do. We appreciate each and every one of you that support what we do, keep us on the air, and are a part of our community. If you want to be a part of our community, let us know. We are a group of believers all around the world, all around the United States, that have come together to experience what the Book of Acts Church had. If you'd like to be a part of that, we welcome you. We always start out with praise reports and prayer requests. I do not believe that you should ever go into the presence of the Father, into the presence of the Lord, without praising him first. So I praise him. I praise him for my salvation. Without that, I have nothing. I am nothing. I threw away all that was, had any valued, and he gave it all back. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my wife, my sons, daughter-in-laws, our grandson, all of our furry kids. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. I consider you family. Thankful that I can do this with you, the technology that he's given me, the home I can do it in, that we can get together, we can touch, we can agree. Um, If you're on Facebook and you want to be a part of the group, there is a group messenger uh, for the Porch community. We're not real big on social media, and I don't know how long we'll be on social media with the way things are going, but right now we are. We're on Facebook. We're also on Twitter and Instagram. I praise him. I praise him for his love, for his mercy, his grace, which is new every morning, his provision and protection over each and every one of us, that we are living out Joel 2.28, that since the day of Pentecost, we've been living in what I believe to be the end times. It began on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given to us in the fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. So I praise him for that. I praise him for his healing virtues, which are still available to each and every one of us, for divine favor and revelation, that each and every one of us are a new creation, and we are living in these prophetic times. Sometimes it seems like it's more than we can bear, but here we are, and we will endure. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. So let's get ready. Let's pray. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Psalm 122, verse 6. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. So each and every day I pray for Israel. I pray for Jerusalem. I pray for their leadership to do what Almighty God, in their words, Hashem, says that they should do in his word. I pray that for America, too. I pray that we would be protected even from the people in charge. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight in the Bible study. Not directly, but you'll you'll understand it when you hear it. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we're here. That we're not in some of the other places around the world right now that are suffering. We are protected. I pray that he would forgive us and shed his grace upon us. I'm offering up prayers for the people of Afghanistan, of of, uh, Haiti, Cuba, France, all the places around the world that are standing up against tyranny for freedom, some of which are experiencing demonic tyranny as well. Pray for the fatherless and the widows, the martyred and the persecuted, the innocents, those 
that have been victimized and the victims of injustice. I pray against the slaughter of the innocent, both in and out of the womb, both human and animal. His creation is worthy to be protected. I pray for the missing and exploited children, the victims of human trafficking, sex trafficking, totally demonic, totally diabolical, and it still goes on. Billions of dollars change hands for the depraved practice. I'm praying for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. Right now in Afghanistan, that is happening as we speak. Blood is being shed. People are being torn out of their homes, dismembered. Wives and daughters being taken in to become warrior brides. That's all I'll say. I won't go any further than that. I pray for them and I pray for all the others around the world that are being persecuted like that. The religious persecution against us and against our Jewish brothers and sisters, the anti-Semitic spirit that grows bolder and more permissible, more permissible every day. The boldness of the Antichrist is pretty evident and I believe this over the last couple of days, the Antichrist took a couple of steps forward towards the world stage, but we must continue to pray for him to be pushed back. Don't believe it's his time. I don't believe the Father's done. So let's be bold. Let's be strong. Let's be healthy. Divine wholeness, health, and healing. Getting back to our divine design. Can't do what we're called to do if we're fighting health issues. So I pray that you'll pray with me, you'll agree with me, that each and every one of us that are dealing with health issues would be made whole, be made complete, be made healthy in Yeshua's name. I pray for the Psalm 91 covering the protection he offers us, that we can hide under the shadow of his wings. For the Holy Spirit to inspire us, to teach us, mold us, and for those of us that are of the remnant, which is what I believe the porch community is, that we would rise up, answer the call to action. Sometimes that means kneeling down, praying, interceding. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. If you know somebody that can bless us, tell them. The porch, firefall, SRT, there's things that still need to be done. And unfortunately, in the fallen world system in which we exist, it takes finances to do that. So agree with me in prayer that those doors would fly open to us and that we could get the job done. Pray for our lost family members, those that don't know Yeshua as their Lord and Savior, that they would come into his kingdom, that they would be born again, be translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the Son of his love. I want to share a testimony We've been in a dispute with the company who did some work for us. And I fought with them pretty hard over those issues, even all the way up to the owner of the company. To no avail. Weeks ago, the Lord said to me, you have to let my favor overtake you. So basically, he was telling me to stand down. He would take care of it, which wasn't easy to do. I'm... Um, a bull in a china shop kind of guy. So I did. Even when I wanted to fire off an email, even when I wanted to get involved, I sat back. Well, I can tell you, as of today, it's all been resolved. His favor has overtaken us, and the Lord did his all. Did it all for us. That is a lesson. Sometimes, even when we want to fight, even when we want to argue, we need to let him fight the battle for us and his favor overtake us. I'm also dealing with some health issues. I'm not going to go into detail, but I'm believing for his favor there as well and that you would agree with me. Um, we offer an unspoken prayer request, my wife and I, for our family, but especially for our son, Chris. Uh, Stacy in Texas says, Hello, Porch family. It's been a while. Since I've turned in a praise report, prayer request, I haven't forgotten. I've just been wrapped up in family drama, and I can't do that anymore. I've learned so many important lessons over these last three years. I thank our Heavenly Father for all, 
for you all in this online community. I thank him for my husband who loves me unconditionally, for my five beautiful children and soon-to-be six. Praise him. Father, please heal my family and save their souls. I'm letting go and turning this area of my life over to you. Help me heal. Provide us direction on our next steps. Helps us Help us to focus, keep our focus on you and fulfill your calling for our lives. Protect us and deliver us in Jesus' name. Came in Fort Mitchell. Now, folks, some of you may not understand why I do the praise reports and prayer requests and why I won't stop doing it. Well, as you can see, when somebody tells you something God has done in their life, it gives you hope. It edifies you. It builds you up in your faith. Um, Kim says, what a glorious day. I hope you guys are doing great. I feel uplifted and humble. I'm five years sober today, and he is the one to praise. If you've never been in bondage of any kind, when you're set free, you never forget the day that you were set free. That's me saying that because I remember that day for me. Kim says, I praise him for my salvation because without that, everything would be meaningless. Says another praise report, y'all, you did it again, Kim. You made me say y'all. I was a little disappointed when I found out that we didn't get the scholarship, but I knew a breakthrough was coming, and it came out of nowhere. Today, I had a wage negotiation with the business owner of the company I work for, and God favored me. He blessed me so I can pay for my son's college tuition. I feel so humble, and my heart is filled with gratitude. Father, please continue to protect us and provide for my family. Father, guide us. With us, I mean the porch families. Help us walk this walk and guard us from the enemy. Father, things in the Middle East have flared up again. Protect our men and women in uniform. Keep your people safe. I'm praying for my children. Protect their little heart and spirit out there in the world that we don't belong in. Praying for the innocent who have no say in the matter. I'm praying for every single member of the porch family. Whatever it is you're going through, tell your mountain about your God. Father, save my husband and my mother's soul in Jesus' name. So, Abba, Father, Papa, God, Daddy, we love you. You are awesome. You are absolutely awesome. You're all we have. There's nothing in this world that compares to you. So we thank you. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for creating us. We thank you for caring about us, even in the little insignificant parts of our lives. We thank you. We love you. We thank you for Yeshua, for the blood, for the cross. We thank you that you had him pay our debt so that we could be restored in right relationship with you. Now, Lord, our human minds cannot fathom the choice you made, what you went through. But we know it was done out of love, love for the Father and love for us. So we thank you, and I pray that your sons and daughters and anybody listening would experience that love, would know you in that way. We thank you for sending the Holy Spirit back to walk with us, teach us, guide us, even tonight during this Bible study, that he would open our hearts and our minds, that he would touch my lips, and the words that come out of my mouth would resonate with your spirit. So thank you, Holy Spirit. Have your way. We pray protection over us, our hearts, minds, bodies, souls, and spirit, over this technology, over everything that we're doing. And Lord, we give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise, and say, have your way. In Yeshua's name, if you agree with me, say, Amen.
These lessons are proprietary information except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information the matter presented is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So we're going to finish up last week's lesson, Hope and Pray. We've been talking about prayer, and I think right now that's really important. So I'm offering up a call to prayer for what's going on in Afghanistan and how it affects not only the people there, but our brothers and sisters there, about the Americans who have been left behind, um, the people in the, in the region. I, I wish we had time for me to explain to you the the ripple effect of what took place over the last couple of days, but it's not good. But I know that our Heavenly Father is in control and the Lord still sits on the throne and he's doing what he's going to do. I told you uh, weeks ago, while my brother Larry and I were praying, the Lord very sternly said to me, I'm about to get people's attention. Don't get in my way. And as I explained, what that meant was don't intercede, don't try to stop it, step aside and let me do what I'm going to do, which I've done. And we're just seeing the beginning of it. So we need to pray. Pray for the people of Afghanistan, pray for the people of Haiti and Cuba and all these other nations which are in turmoil, but pray for America. Pray for the church. You may say, I don't know how to pray. We're going to talk a little bit about that tonight, and maybe next week we'll go into a little deeper, maybe teach some of the prayers I use that I know to be effective that you can adapt for your own use. But Romans eight twenty six and 27 tells us how. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. That last phrase there, according to the will of God, should be highlighted or underlined or put an arrow to it, because everything we do, every prayer, every intention has got to line up with his will. Lord tells us in Luke 11, verses 9 through 13, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask of him? Now notice the bread and the fish are necessities. Ask and it will be given to you. His way, his timing. But that's not a name it and claim it. You get whatever you want kind of formula. John, uh, James chapter 4 verses 3. 2 and 3 explain that to us. This is the Amplified. For you are jealous and covered what others have, and your lust goes unfulfilled. So you murder, you're envious, and you cannot obtain the object of your envy. So you fight in battle. You do not have because you do not ask it of God. You ask God for something and do not receive it because you ask with the wrong motives, out of selfishness, or with an unrighteous agenda, so that when you get what you want, you may spend it on your hedonistic desires. Make sure that what you're seeking is what he wants to give you. The difference between Isaac and Ishmael, Isaac, the perfect will of God, Ishmael, the permissive will of God, is tremendous. You want his perfect will. So there has to be right motives. Yours and his. You want his. So what is prayer? According to the Dictionary of Bible Themes, prayer is fellowship with God through Jesus the Messiah. 
expressed in adoration, thanksgiving, and intercession, through which believers draw near to God and learn more of His will for their lives. Scripture stresses the vital role of the Holy Spirit in stimulating and guiding prayer. You want Holy Spirit prayer. You don't want religious prayer. You don't want anything other than the Spirit praying with you. And if you're going to pray, pray the Word. Pray in faith and hold on to what you believe. And sometimes it may take a while. Some of the prayers I've been praying and waiting on for the answer and the delivery, which I believe is imminent, have been going on for over 20 years. And every day I get up believing today's the day. And if it doesn't happen, I go to bed expecting it will be tomorrow. And I pray it that way. Lord, let it be today. Let it be today. I don't pray like, well, I'm going to give you an out here, Lord. How about... How about I give you a week, a couple of months maybe, spring? No, no, today is the day of blessing. Today is the day of breakthrough. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Yeshua, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us, through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That was Hebrews 10, 19-22. If you're going to pray, believe. Be bold. See, what I pray for, beside the protection of my family and those of you that have asked me to cover you in prayer and, and the, the list of people that I intercede for is I pray to be about my father's business, kingdom business. I'm not looking for vainglorious uh, efforts. I'm not looking to have my name up in lights. That doesn't appeal to me. I want to glorify my father. I'm going to spread the name of the Lord I want to get people saved, healed, and delivered. I want to live out Luke four eighteen. I want to set the captives free. I want to destroy the work of the enemy. So last week I read to you 1 Timothy 2, verses 1 through 4, and I want to jump back to that because it really is the core of what I'm trying to get you to understand. Prayer is so important. You may not be able to do anything. You may not be able, you may not even be able to support what we do here. Your finances are so tight. I'm not one of those people that tells you, well, you know what? Don't pay your rent this month. Give it here. Sow your seed into good ground. I'm not going to do that. But you can pray. You can intercede for me and for my family and for all the things I share with you. You can petition heaven. You can stand in the gap. There's so many things you can do. Maybe you can go to a local local homeless shelter or, or a nursing home or an assisted living. There's always something you can do to sow into the kingdom. 1 Timothy chapter 2, starting verse 1. First of all, Then I urge that petitions, specific requests, prayers, intercessions, which are prayers for others, and thanksgiving be offered on behalf of all people, for kings and all who are in position of authority, so that we may live a peaceable life, a peaceful and quiet life in all godliness, underline godliness, and dignity. This kind of praying is good and acceptable and pleasing in the sight of our God, of God our Savior, who wishes all people, I'm sorry, the Spirit trying to talk to me while I'm trying to talk to you. (laughs) This kind of praying is good and acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who wishes all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of and recognition of the divine truth. Now, last week I told you that when 
Paul wrote that to Timothy. Nero was the emperor of Rome. Nero was the beginning of the bloodshed and the martyrdom of those who believed in Yeshua as Messiah. So let me read you an account by Tacitus from the Annals about Christian martyrdom. Tacitus is a Roman historian, and it was published a few years after the event that I'm talking about. He was a young boy living in Rome during the persecution. But all human efforts, all the lavish gifts of Emperor Nero and the propitiation of the gods did not banish the sinister belief that the conflagration, the burning of Rome in 64 AD, was the result of an order given by Nero. Consequently, to get rid of the report, Nero fastened the gift and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abomination called Christians by the populace. Christus, from whom the name had its origin, suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of one of our procurators, Punctius Pilate. In a most mischievous superstition, remember he's not a believer, thus checked for the moment, again broke out not only in Judea, the first source of the evil, but even in Rome, where all things hideous and shameful from every part of the world find their center and become popular. Accordingly, an arrest was first made of all Christians who pleaded guilty. Then, upon their information, an immense multitude was convicted, not so much of the crime of firing the city as much of hatred against mankind. Mockery of every sort was added to their deaths. Covered with skins of beasts, they were torn apart by dogs and perished, or were nailed to crosses, or were doomed to the flames and burnt to serve as a nightly illumination when the daylight had expired. Basically, Christianity was a hate crime in its day. Sounds familiar. Nero was one of the most diabolical of Rome's twelve Caesars. He was Machiavellian 1,400 years before anybody even knew who Machiavelli was. And Machiavelli uh, was a prince who created these rules for leadership. And what he said was, a ruler is not bound by traditional ethical norms. A prince, therefore, should only be concerned with power and be bound only by the rules that would lead to success. Sounds like American politician. Prince Machiavelli deduced these rules from the political practices of his time. Never show humility. It's much more effective to show arrogance when dealing with others. Morality and ethics are for the weak. Powerful people should feel free to, to lie, cheat, and deceive whenever it suits their purpose. It's better to be feared than loved. Nero, without knowing these rules, which of course are demonically inspired, already had them out of the 48 laws that Machiavellian, uh, Machiavelli created there are two that really particularly stand out. Law three was conceal your attentions, keep people off balance and in the dark by never revealing the purpose behind your actions. If they have no clue what you're up to, they cannot prepare a defense. Guide them far enough down the wrong path, envelop them in enough smoke, and by the time they realize your intentions, it will be too late. And of course, I'm sharing these with you for a reason. Law 43, work on the, the hearts and minds of others. Coercion creates a reaction that will eventually work against you. You must seduce others into wanting to move in your direction. The person you've seduced becomes your loyal pawn. And the way to seduce others is to operate on their individual psychologies and weaknesses. Soften up the resistant by working on their emotions. Fear is an emotion. Playing on what they hold dear and what they fear. Ignore the hearts and minds of others and they will grow to hate you. See, Nero did this with absolute power. 
to protect himself at all costs. It's believed he set Rome on fire for political reasons in July of 64 AD, and he blamed it on the Christians because he needed a scapegoat. It's not my fault. It's their fault. Blame it on others. He changed the subject from him to them. We just saw somebody do that in the last couple of days. So what happened was, through the distortion of the truth and everything that happened, and the fact that Jews and Romans hated the Christians, and the Christians didn't help their case when they celebrated the fact that Babylon was burning, they were tortured, and they were killed in what became a nightly circus on the Vatican Hill where Nero's family owned a villa. Now, why am I sharing this with you? Since the beginning of the church, we've gone through stuff like this. And I want you to remember when you're praying that you're not the only one going through a bad time. Whatever the enemy's doing to you, he's doing to others, and it might be even worse. Be sober, well-balanced, self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. The enemy of yours, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, be firm in your faith against his attack, rooted, established, immovable, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being experienced by your brothers and sisters throughout the world. You do not suffer alone. Whatever you're going through, stand firm. Be strong in your faith. Hope and prayer. Hope and pray. Be strong in your faith. And remember that all the family of believers around the world, all your brothers and sisters, are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Remember, it's always worse for somebody. It could always be worse for someone else. That's why we pray. That's why we intercede. That's why I spend so much time in prayer. One of the things I'm dealing with, one of the side effects is I don't sleep a lot. So what do I do when I don't sleep? I pray. I go through my list and I pray. I listen to the Spirit and I pray. I intercede. I war. First Timothy 2 Starting in verse 1, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. And give thanks for them. I give thanks for you. Not just the ones I know. Not the ones that just support what we do. Even the ones I don't know. Even the ones that listen on all the other streaming platforms in which we put the Bible studies. I pray that the resonance of my voice, the vibrational nature of my voice is His, and that it touches you, it, it changes you. Maybe it unlocks a door that's been locked shut or makes a chain fall off. Maybe it softens your heart so that you can receive the Lord. Maybe it inspires you to go to the next level in your faith so that signs and wonders become a part of your life. It gives you the ability and the confidence to shake free of the enemy, to look the enemy square in the eye and say, No more. In Jesus' name, in Yeshua's name, no more. You shall not have my family. You shall not have my son or my daughter. shall not have my marriage. You shall not have whatever it is you're trying to take from me. I say no in Jesus' name. See, this kind of prayer, praying for others, praying for those that are in charge of us, even if we don't like them, it's about godliness and dignity. And this pleases the Father. But most of all, we're praying that everyone be saved and understand the truth. We live in a fallen world. If we can live here peaceful and have quiet lives in godliness and 
holiness, then that pleases him. And we may be in an environment that's anything but peaceful. But if you can stay peaceful and stay holy and seek godliness, which is relationship with him, and if you're praying through supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving, and that people come to the life-saving knowledge of Jesus of Nazareth, That's what this is about. It's not about cars. It's not about homes. It's not about personal, selfish things. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, all the other things he mentioned in the Sermon on the Mount will be added unto you. If your prayers aren't working, change the direction of them. Pray. Pray that people come to the life-saving knowledge of the truth and be saved. 1 Timothy 2.4, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But this kind of prayer, the prayer that I'm talking about, will not work unless it's done from a position of godliness. What is godliness? According to the Dictionary of Bible Themes, godliness is reverence for or devotion to God, producing a practical awareness of God in every aspect of life. If there's any aspect of your life that he's not included, you have a problem. And if there's any part of your life that you can't include him, Something's wrong. If you're going anywhere that the Holy Spirit can't go with you, something's wrong. And I got news for you. His angels will not walk with you in sin. They will not walk with you into areas that belong to the enemy in which you've not been called to go. You then walk out from under his covering. Psalm 32, verse 6, For this cause, everyone who is godly shall pray to you, the you being God, in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters they shall not come near him. If there's ever a time the church needs to pray, it's now. And, and I, somebody told me about it, uh, an online popular preacher, mega church, I forget where, Louisiana, I think. I, I'm i not sure. that I'm not trying to give you a clue. And I just went and looked at one of his... And what he said was, Stop holding God hostage with your prayers. Pray it and let it go and just let him do it. And I went... You know, I've heard this before. This traces back to the 80s from another name it and claim it preacher. But the parables the Lord gave us, that doesn't line up with the importunate widow, the man who needed food for his guest at night. Pray, seek, knock. Pray, seek, knock. Why? Because he wants you to work at it? No, because when you're doing that, you're staying in his presence. You're staying in his word. The spirit is flowing through you. John eight twenty nine, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that please him. Godliness pleases him. In Acts chapter 10, we hear about a Roman centurion named Cornelius in Caesarea. He was the captain of, of a, a regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so what happened? Cornelius pleased God so much that Peter was sent to his home 
to preach the gospel to him and his family, and they all got saved, and the Holy Spirit fell, and they all got filled. That's favor. That's what prayer does. The Holman Bible Dictionary says, Godliness is respect for God that affects the way a person lives. The term godliness appears most frequently in the writings of Paul, specifically in the pastoral epistles. Paul encouraged Timothy to pursue godliness in an active manner, which was 1 Timothy 6, 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. It's real easy with everything going on in the world right now to get righteously angry, and it's real easy for that anger to spill over into fleshly anger. We need to always check our emotions through the Holy Spirit. But Paul was challenging Timothy to develop such a love and a respect for God that he would live his life based upon that love and respect. He even compared godliness to physical training in, in 1 Timothy 4.8. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. This isn't our home. We don't belong here. And if ever that is being shown, we're seeing it every day. We don't belong here. Oh, there'll be a time he'll make it ours. But that time hasn't happened yet. There will be a time when Hasatan and the fallen and their demonic offspring will be slapped down. We'll be subjected. We'll be put in chains. Some put in the pit immediately, forevermore, in the lake of fire, to burn forever for their rebellion against their Creator. But unfortunately, it's not yet. We need to seek godliness. And, and I personally believe that in seeking relationship and an emotional, interactive relationship, godliness is the byproduct of that. When you love him so much that you don't want to disappoint him or offend him or do anything that would cost you your relationship with him, remember, he's not going to go with you in places that you're not supposed to be. Now, the Spirit will convict you, will draw you back. But if you're walking in right relationship, if you're walking godliness, that's not going to happen. First Timothy 6, 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. As the enemy seduce you, he seduces you by what you don't have. Looking at somebody else, oh, look what they have. Look at the size of their ministry, how much money they make. Oh, look look at all that. You know, there was a time that those thoughts would seep in and I'd entertain. I don't care. I really don't care. I'm, I do this because I choose to do this. I go where he tells me to go because I choose to. Because I love him and I love his flock. I love his children. So let's do it. Let's live a life of godliness. Let's make it a way of life. Second Peter 1, verses 6 and 7. Knowledge, to knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. See, we learn godliness through Yeshua. He's the perfect example of everything. In 1 Timothy 3, verse 16, Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world received up in glory. 
the mystery of godliness is Yeshua. But see, Paul refers to those who have a form of godliness but, but deny its power. Stay away from such. I don't have time for religion. You shouldn't either. People that appear to be pious and holy. They're just wolves in sheep's clothing. They preach for profit and gain. They're false prophets, P-R-O-F-I-T-S. We need to stay away from useless wranglings of men with corrupt minds, destitute of truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such, withdraw yourself. 1 Timothy 6, 5. See, if you're going to pray, do it right. I can't give you a form. I can't give you a ritual. I can't give you examples of what has worked for me, and I've done that in the past, but I want to make sure that you don't turn that into a ritual. I need to pray just like he prayed. I need to do the affectations of the pauses that Richard does. That's what makes it work. No, no, that's not what makes it work. It's the spirit that makes it work. And it's about the Great Commission. It's not about buildings. not about things of this world. It's about getting people saved, healed, and delivered, and plundering the kingdom of darkness, destroying the works of the devil and the fallen. That's what it's about. It's about nothing else. It's about lifting him up so he can draw all men unto him. It's about proclaiming the name of the Lord, not the name of men and women or denominations. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus the Messiah, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. When you become his... Nobody has to tell you what to do. You want to do it. So pray. Pray with supplications, which is about the needs of others. Interceding for them. Giving thanks. Be grateful. See, I, I, I really believe, and I said this at the beginning, if you start out with thanksgiving, if you go into his presence with thanksgiving, thanking him for your salvation, thanking him for your family, whatever it is you're thankful for, that triggers an emotional response that keeps you in the right frame of mind. If you go in whining, moaning, and groaning about what you want or what you don't have or what you need, now you're starting from a darker place. Go in with praise. Praise edifies you. It magnifies him. Without your salvation, none of it matters. You have nothing. Now you have an eternity with him. In my case, my salvation gave me back my family. And from that, it gave me a larger family. And it gave me all of you. And it gave me the ability to be a part of his kingdom and be part of his signs and wonders. Setting the captives free. Laying the hands on the sick and they recover. Your perspective will determine your attitude. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Changes us. Changes our circumstances. Changes outcomes. Now, he doesn't change. Remember, same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. His word does not change. That's why when you pray, I recommend you pray his word. You repeat his word back to him. You may even do what I used to do. 
in some of the prayers that I used as examples, I took scriptures and put them together in a prayer so that I was speaking back his word, not just to him, but to the enemy. But to do that, you need to know his word. You need to get into his word. You can't do these drive-by Bible studies. You need to get into it. That's why I do what I do. I take the time. I serve this large buffet. Maybe you got to come back. Maybe you have to download it, go over it again. Listen to it more than once before the next session of the porch. The time is coming, and I believe now is, when we may not be able to do this. When technology may be shut down, we may be forced into keeping lower profiles. I won't have to worry. The word's in me. Get in the word. Get the word in you. See, the Lord taught us. He taught us about prayer. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive, Matthew 21, 22. John 14, 13, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. John 14, 12, it should have gone the other way around. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to the Father. Greater in quantity, not quality. Who are we doing it for, for him? Who are we glorifying the Father? John 15, the vine and the branches. If, he, if he's the vine and you're the branches, the sap is the Holy Spirit, and it fills the fruit that you feed the world with, that you bless others with. It's all based on him. What are you attached to? I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they're burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, take permanent residence, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. If his word is in you and the Spirit's in you, you're not going to ask incorrectly. You're not going to ask with selfish desires. My Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so that you'll be my disciples. People want to know sometimes, I've had people ask me, what office do you move in? I say the one at home. No, what, what are you, uh, uh, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, what are you? I said, if I have to tell you, then I'm not it. The fruit of my tree tells you who I am. I don't answer those questions. The work of the Holy Spirit proves who we are because the work of the Spirit is the work of the Lord for the Father. That's what all this is about. And you're not going to convict anybody. You're not going to change anybody. The Spirit's going to do that. The only way you're going to do that is by speaking to them first in love, maybe with revelation knowledge, maybe a word of wisdom, but the Spirit is going to speak through you, cause conviction to happen, and they're going to look at you, and they're going to want to pray. You're not going to have to manipulate them into wanting to pray the prayer of salvation. They're going to want to say, I want what you have. Because you have the helper, you have the paracletos, you have the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, his Holy Spirit whom the Father sent in his name to walk with you, to teach you, and help you to remember everything that he said. We've spent so much time in John 14, 15, and 16, and it seems to always circle back to that, because without the Holy Spirit, there is no day of Pentecost. Without the day of Pentecost, there is no church. Without this church, there's no way to change this world and do what needs to be done before he comes back. So, cherish the hope that he's given us, the divine guarantee, the confident explanation, his glorious inheritance for all of his people. Hope inspires prayer. Prayer inspires hope. 
It's the cycle of faith. That's what this has been about. Faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation of the things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of the reality faith comprehends as fact, which cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Fact, he's in control. Fact, he still sits on the throne. Fact, he's coming back again to judge the living and the dead. Before then, he's going to snap his church out of here, and he's going to say to the world, you want the fallen, you can have them. You want to be ruled by Hasatan and the fallen, I'm going to let it happen. I'll be back in seven years. Let me know how it works out for you. And we know what happens. So right now, in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah, open your heart, open your mind, lay all your idols on the altar, anything holding you back, any wish or desire or prayer that hasn't been of him, let it go right now into the fire of the Holy Spirit. Tell him how much you love him. Tell him how much you need him. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Repent those areas that you're being shown right now, convicting presence of the Holy Spirit. Repent. And repentance isn't just saying, I'm, a, I'm sorry. It's turning away from them. And sometimes it involves restitution. Sometimes it involves going to the person or paying things back. Whatever it is, the Spirit will tell you, do it. Stop listening to the ear ticklers. Start listening to the Lord. Make their words line up with the Word. Don't let them manipulate the Word so that their words sound true. Today, draw a line in the sand. Say, no more. No more will I be fooled. No more will I be afraid. No more will I allow the enemy do what he's done to me before. He is defeated. I sit at the right hand of the Father with the Son because he's allowed me to sit with them in the heavenly places. I can do all things through Messiah who loves me. If you'll believe, if you'll have hope, if you'll have pray, the miracles we're desiring will happen. The people that haven't gotten saved will. The relationships that need to be restored may take a little time, but they will. I am an example of that. When my wife let go of me and stopped praying for the marriage, started praying for my soul, because what point, what good would it be to have me back if I wasn't born again, that's when the Lord intervened. Make sure your prayer lines up with his will, his word, his way. Now, Father, please, 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 in Yeshua's name, break through the darkness, break through the clouds, shine your glory, your Shekinah down upon us. Give us the provision so we can go do what you've called us to do. Set the captives free. Lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The lame will walk. The blind will see. The deaf will hear. The dead will be raised. I pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom in Yeshua's name. I'm Richard Grant. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.